Michelangelo Signorelli on Sirius XM. Welcome back. I'm Michelangelo Cedarelli on Sirius XMLQ 108. Uh, the Supreme Court in the last two days has done for LGBT rights um, what so many of us have been uh, really hoping for for many years uh, on the issue of marriage equality and relationships. Defensive Marriage Act ruled unconstitutional. Proposition 8, dismissed. The marriages will return to California. And in Arizona, Governor Jan Brewer stripping state workers of their domestic partner benefits. Uh, it was ruled unconstitutional, and the Supreme Court um, upheld that ruling by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. My guest, Jennifer Pizer, has been involved in every one of those uh incredible wins. Uh, she is the lawn public a uh, lawn policy project director, excuse me, at Lambda Legal, the group that has for decades fought for LGBT rights and she was co-counsel uh, in the litigation that won marriage equality for same-sex couples in California uh, and then she protected those marriages, the 18,000 uh, marriages that were celebrated before the passage of Prop 8. Uh, she was co-counsel for the 10 Arizona state workers who sued Governor Jan Brewer to retain their health coverage for their same-sex partners. She also represented Karen Galinsky against the U.S. Office of Personnel Management, seeking compliance with multiple decisions by the Ninth Circuit, uh, Chief Judge Kaczynski, that excluded uh, Galinsky's wife from the family health insurance plan. Uh, plan. And, um, of course, that was because of the Defense of Marriage Act. So she's been involved in order, all of it. And she joins me to answer a lot of questions that a lot of us have uh, about what it all means now. Uh, Jennifer Pizer, welcome back to the show. It is really great to be with and, you. And congratulations and, to you. Well, and what a great day to celebrate that we all can just take a deep breath and appreciate that we've gotten to this moment, and, you know, there's lots ahead, and, and we'll discuss that. But, um, but it, it is, um, you know, it's so gratifying to see the legal system work, you know, uh, and, and especially this we have a very conservative U.S. Supreme Court, and we've seen in the voting rights context and a couple of the employment yes. discrimination uh, cases and other cases that it is a very conservative Supreme Court, and there is an awful lot of work that we all need to be doing together on those issues. Um, and so it makes it all the sweeter that yesterday they got it right on these two really important cases about same-sex couples. So um, it's a great moment to be talking with you. Uh, absolutely. And, and I, I again, want to congratulate you and thank you uh, for all of the work uh, that you've done. Now, of course, it's what happens next? <laughs> and a lot of people are wondering. We've been getting calls from people who uh, live in the states where there is marriage equality and, and have been asking about federal benefits and what they get and how it works. And, you know, we've seen the White House sending out. I must have gotten a press release from every 
um, every uh, department of the administration. Uh, and, of course, we know that uh, immigration and naturalization, uh, it is pretty clear that binational couples, uh, they can just go to a state where there is marriage equality, and immigration looks at your state of, of, of the marriage, where you where you got married. For other things, it is... Uh, less clear, and a lot of people have questions, and 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 I've asked them to call in, and I'm going to go to the phones and and ask them their um, their thoughts and 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 uh, get their questions. But I wanted to ask about a woman who called yesterday uh, first, and and a lot of these are people who don't live in marriage equality states and wondering what uh, rights they have if they go to a marriage equality state and get married. She lives in Indiana. Uh, she has been ill with cancer. Uh, her partner could not um, get any time off to take care of her un- uh, under the uh, Family and Medical Leave Act, which is a federal law, because of the Defense of Marriage Act. Uh, you know, Indiana would not recognize her as family or as a partner. And I'm wondering now if she, if they went to a state where there is marriage equality, would the Family and Medical Leave Act? which is a federal law, apply to them even though Indiana doesn't recognize it. Yeah, well, so this is a great example to start with. And, and so, um, so let me say as, as actually the first point that I want to uh, emphasize to all of your listeners, um, we have put together fact sheets uh, together with our, our partners and our colleagues at the other legal groups and our national advocacy groups, uh, a dozen groups working together with a bu- help from a bunch of wonderful lawyers at private law firms. We've put together, uh, you know, roughly a dozen detailed fact sheets looking at the federal uh, laws that affect so many people. There's there's a lot of federal laws and programs, as we know. We, uh, we didn't do a fact sheet about every one of them because that would be a blizzard of too much material. But we picked areas that affect an awful lot of people, and I want to strongly encourage folks to go to our website, lambdalegal.org, and uh, look over the collection of fact sheets looking at things like federal income tax and immigration and bankruptcy and benefits for active duty service members and for veterans who have a same-sex spouse, uh, Medicaid, Medicare, um, you know, there's a, you know, family medical leave and uh, private employee benefits. There's all these different fields. Um, and I want to, I'll probably want to start by saying this and maybe finish by saying it again to people, because as we talk about these issues, it can be hard to retain the details. And there are a lot of things that we don't know as of today. But here's the broad brush theme about this. Um, uh, up to the present time, with respect to a lot of federal benefits protections and programs, the federal government has looked to the state where you live, the state of your residence or the state of your domicile, to see whether you're, con- whether you're legally married uh, and has considered you married or not based on that for purposes of federal law. And that was a matter of common practice. In some instances, there's a federal regulation saying the federal government has to do that. Uh, and in just a small number of instances, although, you know, they can be important things, like, for example, Social Security, there's actually language in the federal statute that says that. With respect to an awful lot of things, though, like income taxes, um, there's, there's, not, uh, there's no statutory requirement to look at the law of the place where you live. And, and so the president announced yesterday, uh, and we've had confirmation in a number of forms uh, you know, since then, that 
um, the relevant lawyers and, and, and staff and officials in all these different federal agencies have gotten to work right away to revise as many of those rules, procedures, forms, et cetera, as they can. And it's a lot of them. And when by revise, I mean to change the rule so that they will look at the, the, the validity of your marriage based on where you got married, which we call the place of celebration rule, which is kind of a nicely worded uh, name for that term. Um, and if you're validly married in the place you got married, they would look to that as opposed to looking to the, the state where you live. What that means is that um, not as of today, because this will take a little time for them to implement it, but with respect to quite a lot of these federal protections, um, we, we probably will have equality for married couples regardless of where people live. Now, that work has, has yet to be done. And so we can't predict exactly what form it will take, how long it will take. We know the administration is working hard on it. Uh, but I want to stress for people, it's not as if, like, as of today, those protections are available right. and in place. Right. And people shouldn't be making any immediate decisions based on thinking that's true, because it isn't yet true. Um, but... Uh, but I think we're going to end up in a place where there's a lot more equality with respect to federal benefits than would have been true based on the mm -hmm. past practices of the federal government. Now, at what about that issue of the Family uh, Medical uh, and Medical Leave Act? Right. So for, for, for this couple that's living in Indiana, uh, if they're able to move to a state that has marriage equality, then yes. They will, they will have equal treatment, uh, and if they're able to do it, it's a good idea, not just in terms of family medical leave, but in terms of other things like Social Security that could be relevant to them, uh, and, uh, you know, and also estate tax. I mean, other things, it's, it's uh, difficult to think but, about. But if they go to a marriage equality state and get married and go back to Indiana, they... Oh, I see. I thought you, I thought right. you meant if they were actually able to move. Yeah, okay. So if they get married out of state and they come back to Indiana, well, that's exactly the example where we think that with respect to quite a few things, and family medical leave is likely to be one of them, they would have equal treatment. Um, now, do you know whether the, uh, the caller is employed by a private business as opposed to uh, by government? And the reason I ask that is that uh, many private employers um, – as a, actually, as a general matter, private employers usually can choose to treat people equally with respect to family medical leave if they want to. Um, the question is whether that federal law mandates to the right. employer that they must do it. Um, and and, and I don't know that information, but uh, that is a, a, a good point um, to make as well. I, I want to go uh, to the phones and, and take some of the calls as well from uh, listeners who have a whole bunch of other questions, if it's okay with you. Of course, uh, of course. And, and just before you do that, let me flag two other examples that are relevant to the employment context that people may be thinking about. Um, so we've had the problem of federal income taxation on the value of health benefits. Right. That should be removed. Uh, so, so that's been an impediment for people who had to choose if they felt they couldn't afford to pay the income tax that, of course, had married heterosexual couples didn't have to pay. That, that should make a big difference for people. And then things like flexible savings account. Again, these are things that have to do with federal tax law, uh, not something within the power of employer, private employers to change, and that should be changing, too. That, that's when people can mm -hmm. pay for uh, certain kinds of medical expenses or child care with pre-tax right. dollars. So those things 
should make a big difference for people. That those are major, absolutely. I know. I my partner pays the uh, the extra money on health insurance. I pay the extra money on the dental. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, because of the uh, IRS. I, I want to go to the phones. Tim in Chicago. You're on the Michelangelo Cedarelli show. Hi. Um, I had a question. Uh, we've been together for a little over 25 years, and we were married in Massachusetts three years ago. Uh, I work for a private company in Massachusetts, but we live in Illinois. Um, as you know, Illinois uh, has not passed marriage equality. However, the civil union law in Illinois recognizes same-sex marriage in states where it's legal. So in Illinois, we get the benefits of the civil union law have to file a joint return in the state of Illinois because Illinois recognizes our marriage based on the civil union law. Right. Does that mean that the federal government, for federal benefits, because the state of Illinois recognizes our marriage, even though they don't allow marriage in Illinois, Right. would that that qualify as uh, federal benefits? Okay, so that is a wonderful question. I'm so glad that you asked Thank it. you, Tim. <laughs> it, it, it tees up a couple related ideas that are really helpful to focus on. So, um, and, and first of all, I should say uh, our, our Lambda Legal colleagues are working awfully hard in Illinois, both with the state litigation that we're doing to open marriage to same-sex couples there and with our wonderful colleagues working in the legislative process to pass that bill. So I am hoping that, that this set of questions uh, will look a little different fairly soon for people who live in Illinois. But setting that aside, um, so the, we have all these different federal laws, um, and it's a little unclear. It's part of what we're sorting out now and what the Obama administration is sorting out now. Uh, for which ones of them will a civil union or a domestic partnership um, or a state civil union law or a domestic partnership law, uh, will that be good enough to qualify for federal uh, for the federal benefit? So an example I can give you of that is for uh, so for Social Security um, and uh, and Medicare or Medicaid. Um, it uh, there are some there's some federal statutory language that might need to be changed to have uh, to have marriages recognized in states that. Um, notwithstanding that a state doesn't recognize it. However, if a state law um, allows a, a person to inherit under state law from a partner that passes away because of a civil union uh, or because of a domestic partnership, then that, then that may be good enough to get the federal benefit. Um, and by giving that example, what I want to convey is that it's, it's complicated but that we actually have more legal arguments and more tools to work with than people sometimes um, realize. So we're, we're entering now a period of probably a couple of months of having um, the lawyers in the Obama administration and a lot of us in consultation uh, with, the, with the Obama administration are, um, are looking at the different arguments that lead to full equality, full federal benefits for married same-sex couples no matter where they live. Uh, so I want to just stress that we don't have solid answers to some of these things yet. We're delighted that we now have these questions to wrestle with, and we're really delighted that the Obama administration right. lawyers are focused on them. But I can't tell you as of today 
what the answer would be for each of the different federal protections that Tim and, and his husband might need. It depends what they need, and right. it may depend some on their personal circumstances as well. Now, I think in a way it was almost – there were two different questions or it could apply to two different scenarios. One is a state that doesn't have marriage equality but recognizes marriages for gays from out of state, like, say, New Mexico, I believe, is one of them. And I would imagine then that's marriage, and so it's it's the same as any marriage equality state. But what about a state that just has civil unions, doesn't recognize marriage? I guess that was his question, right? Do people with civil unions get these federal benefits of marriage? Do people with domestic partnership get the federal benefits of marriage? That's something you're still sorting out. That's right. And well, and that's an it, right. So so the litigation we're doing in Nevada right now that is now in front of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeal um, poses some of those questions because Nevada allows domestic partnerships that have broad rights and responsibilities under state law, but not marriage. And there's a there's a state constitutional amendment saying, you know, no no marriage for same sex couples. So that's exactly um, people living in that state. <clears throat> um, which is a little different from Illinois' civil union, where the, the civil union law does recognize an out-of-state marriage. Um, so, so it's, you know, we focus on Nevada as an example. For some federal benefits, those Nevada domestic partnerships are probably going to, to give people equal treatment for purposes of the federal benefit. And for others, probably not. And because there are so many of them, uh, we need to look at at each couple's needs. I mean, right. so these fact sheets that we have on the website are there so people can think about what their needs are and then look at the fact sheet. And it's not, right. as I said, we don't have a fact sheet about everything, but there's quite a lot of those key Wait. issues are addressed. Yeah, they should go to lambdalegal.org. Um, one caller, Matthew in New Jersey, uh, is in a civil union in New Jersey, wants to know, is there any benefit for him to go to... New York, just across the river, and and actually get married. Well, okay, so I would I would give him two, I guess, two answers there. It depends what his needs are. Now, the lack of federal recognition in in a number of contexts for civil unions is a key issue in the New Jersey litigation that we're doing right this minute, and that is now on an accelerated timetable because the lack of of sort of clear reliable federal recognition for people in a New Jersey civil union, that, well, that's an important part of the discrimination in that state. For, their, for, for the purposes of that couple, I think they need to decide, is it, do they want that recognition right now, in which case, yeah, maybe they want to go to New York and get married. On the other hand, maybe they want to wait a little while, um, see how the legal analysis shakes out through the Obama administration, because we do think that um, a num- for a number of important benefits, the civil union will be helpful. It's not going to be everything, though. And um, so this New Jersey case may result reasonably soon in marriage in New Jersey. On the other hand, um, tragedy can strike at any time. So I-, I guess I would just say I can't make that decision for him, but yes, it would give him better protection mm-hmm. if they're married in New York. And if they want to be cautious and and sort of have best protection for each other, then that's probably a good idea. Okay. Not everybody can do that, and not everybody wants to do that. A lot of people want to get married in their home state, and New Jersey is likely to 
have that be possible sooner than some other parts of the country. We can always get them. he can always get married twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can certainly have two parties. Right. Uh, thank you, uh, I, Matthew. I hope that answers uh, your question. I knew you were on the line for a while. Let's say hi to Bill in Los Angeles. Hi, Bill. Uh, you're on the Michelangelo Signorelli Show with Jennifer Pizer from Lambda Legal. Hi there. So um, I was one of the few lucky Californians that got married before Proposition Eight passed. And I was wondering, um, I know now I'm assuming that we can file married on our income tax. Can we can we also um, file amendments for the previous years, like 2010, 2011, 2012? Wonderful question. Thank you for asking it. And the answer is yes. Thank you, Bill. Under IRS rules, you can file an amended tax return going back three years. And I believe there will be quite a few people doing that in California. What you need to do, um, and, and you, can, you can anticipate me saying this, is you need to talk to your tax preparer or tax lawyer, get specific advice for you and your husband. Um, tax, in particular, uh, is an area that's highly technical. Everybody's position, everyone's circumstances are different. Um, so make sure that's a smart thing for you to do because there's no requirement that you must do an amended return. Some people, quite a few people in doing that will probably get money back. Some might have to pay more. So do the math first. But, yes, you can file amended returns. The IRS is going to, just as the other, part, the other federal agencies, are going to have to be doing some revisions of their processes and their forms. Uh, and um, that, that's going to take them a little while. We know the IRS doesn't do things overnight, even on a good day. But... Um, but yes, you can do it, and for many people, it will be an excellent idea to mm-hmm. do. Uh, let me ask a question similar to that, and this this applies to maybe a certain radio host. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you are in a state uh, like New York where you can get married, you haven't gotten married yet. You're paying that tax uh, on health insurance uh, as a domestic partner. Um, now DOMA uh, is overturned. Can you um, amend tax returns and get that money back, even though you didn't get married, even after marriage equality became available? Yeah, probably no. Generally, um, changes in law apply looking forward. Uh, And so uh, Bill, the caller from L.A., uh, said that he was married in 2008. So he was legally married under California law. Right. um, And... Uh, so and and that means they would have had probably community property and um, and and they should have you know that should have been recognized uh, by the federal government. Um, if you're not married and like well I would have gotten married but you know, <laughs> for this or that reason I decided not to then then no you know that's that's the price you're probably paying for having been living you know, wild and free and easy for that time, <laughs> uh, you got to assume the lock of wedlock before you can start uh, asking for the benefits. Okay. Uh, great point. Thank you. Uh, 866-305-6887 is our number toll-free. We're taking calls all about what now after a dome-up. Jim in Montana, you're on the Michelangelo C. Durelli Show. How you doing, Mike and Jennifer? Uh, my partner of eight years is a U.K. citizen. He's stationed aboard a nuclear sub in Her Majesty's Navy right now. He's going to be getting leave in August and coming over here, and we're planning on going to Spokane, Washington, which is the nearest place we can go to get married. And our main question is, 
can after we get married and have a marriage license from Washington, can we go to the Immigration Service Office in Helena, Montana, and apply for a green card for him right away? Very so, interesting. Yeah, excellent question. It affects a lot of binational couples. So let me say, I can't. You know, I can't give you ironclad legal advice based on having exchanged two sentences with you. So I'll give you the general principle, uh, which is excellent news. The answer is, as a general matter, yes, that uh, immigration law is, uh, is quintessentially federal law, um, and it's among the simpler areas of law in terms of the federal government uh, looking at a valid marriage, a marriage validly entered into uh, under state law, um, and and not being concerned with where you live. So um, not knowing all the details of your situation, I can just tell you as a general matter, it's good news for you guys and, and mazel tov about your plans, and go ahead. Yeah, Jim, uh, have a wonderful wedding in Spokane. It's beautiful this time of year. Talk to the folks at the Unitarian Church up there, and so we've, we've got our plans made for when he gets here in August. And, boy, it's been eight years coming. We're really looking forward to it. And then you can live together in this country. Terrific. Uh, thank you, Jim, for the call. The Michelangelo Seniorelli Show on Sirius XM.